Jimmy Smith gets slashed with a four-game suspension. Ronnie Stanley scares Baltimore with an injury. The Ravens barely escape Indianapolis with a tight victory. And Ozzie Newsom faces tough roster decisions. Hello, everyone. I'm Chris Linfont, and welcome to Nest Talk, the most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. We've got a lot of news to cover today, um, starting with the Jimmy Smith suspension. So um, if you've been living under a rock, you probably don't know that Jimmy Smith, the Ravens' starting cornerback and one of the better cornerbacks in the league, um, received a suspension from the NFL a couple days ago. Um, actually, yesterday, but the, the NFL did um, communicate with the Ravens that a suspension was looming for the star cornerback. Um, now, you'll remember that Jimmy Smith was suspended last year for violating uh, the performance-enhancing drug policy that the NFL has in place. Um, now, Smith claims that that was about a uh, pre-workout supplement that was recently added to the, to the list of um, banned drugs that he was unaware of, but there's really no proof of that. We're, all, we're just taking his word for it, and this new suspension, I'm not going to say it puts that into doubt, but you know his credibility kind of lowers in this instance. So this suspension comes from um, some court documents that came up in a custody battle with his former girlfriend. Now, Jimmy Smith and his former girlfriend have a three-year-old child together, and they were fighting over custody of him. Um, in those court documents, uh, his ex-girlfriend um, specifically mentions that Jimmy Smith had a history of violence and abuse. Uh, I think it was specifically emotionally. That's what the NFL found was emotional abuse. And she also mentioned that he had a history of illicit drug use. So not uh, light accusations at all to give to anybody by any stretch of the imagination. Jimmy Smith, throughout this um, entire ordeal last year, maintained his innocence, said all of these claims were based um, not in reality. Um, it seems the NFL has found otherwise. Uh, their investigation concluded after a year that Jimmy Smith um, was at least liable for some emotional abuse towards his girlfriend, and they gave him a four-game suspension for that. Um, now, I do believe Jimmy Smith plans to appeal this. That was what the um, indication was coming out of the Ravens organization. Um, this story first broke as uh, Jeff Zrebeck, uh, formerly of the Baltimore Sun, now working for The Athletic. Uh, very good uh, Baltimore Ravens sports writer. You should totally check him out. But he was the first one to break this story uh, right before the Colts game. They said that Jimmy Smith was um, and the Ravens were bracing for a looming suspension from the NFL over the personal conduct policy and that it would be a multi-game suspension. Um, it turned out to be a four-game suspension. Um, and Jimmy Smith was not on the field, or I don't believe he was in Indianapolis at all with the team um, that night. Um, John Harbaugh said he was dealing with a personal matter, and the Ravens had some prepared statements to go, uh, along with Jimmy Smith had a prepared statement. You can read those um, on Baltimore uh, Ravens, their website. Uh, they're a little long, so you can go check them out. Essentially, uh, Jimmy Smith's statement... Um, goes along the lines of, uh, I'm deeply sorry to my ex-girlfriend, my family, my teammates. Uh, I will try to work better in the future. And then the Ravens say they stand behind Jimmy Smith, but will be watching to make sure he complies, um, with the set of rules and regulations the NFL puts. And of course, you know, moral decency, you know, just being a morally decent person. Um, look, I'm not the arbiter in this situation, so I don't know the full story, but the NFL at least found enough to suspend him for four games. You'll remember the Ravens had an issue with Ray Rice in 2014 with a physical abuse situation. And when the videotape of that came out, um, they had no choice but to release him at that point. Um, 
I don't think it's going to be anywhere along the lines of that, but the NFL is a lot stricter than it than it was back then, solely um, really for the purpose of, you know, avoiding PR scandals. That's really, you know, what it was, because they gave Ray Rice just two games, and outrage followed when the video surfaced. Um, again, I don't think there's any sort of, you know, video or physical abuse in this situation, but at least emotional abuse is what the NFL concluded. Um, so I mentioned that Jimmy Smith will miss the first four games of the season. Um, those four games will be played against the Bills, Bengals, Broncos, and Steelers. So not a um, light uh, way to start it all for, for Jimmy Smith. Now, he is the Ravens' best defensive back. Uh, no comparison there to any others. He, he outperforms every other defensive back on this roster. But the Ravens do have other plans to to help um, when he's absent. The Ravens, of course, prepared with prepared for his absence with the addition of Marlon Humphrey last year in the first round. Uh, Jimmy Smith has a very terrible history of not really being on the field very much for the Ravens. Um, after being drafted in 2011, he has yet to play a full season with the Ravens, and that's really not a good statistic at all because he he originally in his career. Um, he had trouble developing, but really has come to life these past couple of seasons. Now, I mentioned that the Ravens do have a backup plan um, in place should Smith lose some time, and it seems like they will probably continue this plan. Uh, they have really three options um, to for him missing this four-game uh, stretch here. They can continue with the current roster of defensive backs, specifically cornerbacks. Um, that's made up of Marlon Humphrey, who proved last year that he can really be a standout cornerback. Brandon Carr um, never missed a game in his NFL career. He's been a solid cornerback, although he does get burned sometimes by players like um, Antonio Brown. And um, on the Bengals, um, A.J. Green. The Ravens will also see Kelvin Benjamin um, and the dynamic duo of Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Um so not a very easy schedule to start out with, especially for the Ravens secondary. Um, look, going into it with Jimmy Smith, I thought, thought they could beat the Bills, the Bengals, the Broncos, and maybe the Steelers start out three and one, potentially four and zero. Oh. You know, now without Jimmy Smith, the Bills will probably be able to beat Bengals, maybe Broncos, maybe and Steelers, maybe. So it's not the best situation for the Ravens, but they at least finish the first four games as at two and two. Um, also you have Tavon Young, uh, who's coming off an injury, but he's an excellent slot cornerback. Um, and the Ravens just drafted Anthony Averett, who's looked tremendously, uh, well this preseason. And of course you have Maurice Kennedy now coming into his third year, looking for an extended role on the Ravens secondary. The Ravens also have the, um, option to expand their secondary a little bit and keep Stanley Jean-Baptiste. Uh, Stanley Jean-Baptiste has been a preseason standout for the Ravens so far. We awarded him um, the Baltimore Feathers Player of the Game for Monday night's game against the Colts. Outstanding performance there. Um, he can easily provide depth along the, the secondary. Uh, should the Ravens feel they need some more depth um, in Jimmy Smith's four-game absence. And then the Ravens can also go after a free agent such as Rashad Breland, who they brought in on a workout but never could reach a deal, um, according to other other people inside the Ravens organization and Ravens insiders like Jeff Zrebeck. Um, Breland was at asking way too high of a price for the Ravens and they could not um, bring him down 
a lot of teams have brought in Breland, but he's not made a um, decision on where to go or made a deal. Kind of like the Des Bryant situation, but it seems like he'll end up with Cleveland now. But Rashad Breland is still an option for the Ravens, um, but they might have to pay a little bit for him. So we'll see if they want to deal with that on the salary cap. Now, long-term, what should the Ravens do with Jimmy Smith? Now, Jimmy Smith has played tremendously well this past year, and even 2016, he was a much-improved player. But you have to wonder whether or not the Ravens are going to keep him after 2018 or 2019. Uh, Jimmy Smith come becomes a free agent after the 2019 season, um, and he'll be, I believe, 32 at that point. He's 30 right now. So, at that point, he's going to be definitely um, a much higher age than the Ravens would like for their cornerbacks. Um, but Jimmy Smith has, has played well. And, and this specific suspension, it is a, a domestic abuse suspension. Uh, although it is emotional abuse, it's not a, a physical abuse. Um, this is the first time that Jimmy Smith has been suspended for something like this that I know of. He did have character concerns coming out of college that a lot of teams decided to take them, take him off their board. So, I mean, he, he does have somewhat of a history of, of you know, character issues. But um, this isn't, you know, a recurring theme. Domestic violence is not a recurring theme with Jimmy Smith. And I, I'm a person who looks at this and says, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty. I don't know what evidence the NFL has to suggest this. I don't know, you know, whether or not they're just going off these court documents that this is alleges it. I, I honestly don't know. He does plan to appeal, so we'll see where that appeals process goes. But um, honestly, I think the Ravens will keep him for this season and probably next season as well. Whether or not they re-sign him will have more to do with um, the caliber of his play and if he stays out of trouble. If he gets suspended again... Um, that's a ma- that'll be a major issue. And if he has a serious injury, like another torn Achilles, or maybe he tears his ACL, um, that might prevent the Ravens from signing him further because he is always off the field, it seems, to the Ravens. He can never stay on for an entire season, and that is a major issue. Um, the Ravens could totally go out there and, and get Brashad Breland for the future. Um, although Brashad Breland isn't the best quarterback in the league, he is 26 years old and could... Um, develop into a good one for the Ravens, but he will have a very high price tag. The Ravens also could look to the draft in a couple seasons, maybe this season or next season, uh, the end of it, it's draft, to try to address um, Jimmy Smith and his future replacement. Um, or the Ravens might think that the um, the situation they have with Anthony Averett, uh, Marlon Humphrey, Tavon Young, and Maurice Kennedy might be a um, good um, unit moving forward and, and may see one of them as being the replacement for Jimmy Smith. Obviously, Marlon Humphrey is turning into a very uh, stellar cornerback. Will be a starter by uh, the beginning of this year, but obviously next year, I think um, Brandon Carr will probably either be demoted or um, cut just based on his age. Um, and the Ravens will, will move on to Humphrey full-time. You also have, of course, Tavon Young, the slot cornerback. He won't ever replace Jimmy Smith because he's a bit of a different player. He's a bit smaller than your average cornerback, but he's a very uh, feisty uh, cornerback in the middle of the field, great in the slot. Maurice Kennedy, if he develops, could be a replacement for Jimmy Smith or Brandon Carr in the future, and Anthony Averett looks pretty good so far. Um, We'll see how he develops this year. He could end up helping to replace Jimmy Smith as well. So not a great situation for the Baltimore Ravens, but it could be a lot worse. It could be a year-long suspension. It could be you know, another torn Achilles Achilles that would keep him out for a year. 
Um, Jimmy Smith really does need to get his act together, though, and, and really work hard um, while he's out, and, and hopefully he never has an issue again with suspensions, and uh, hopefully he stays healthy as well. Um, we definitely want to see him not only be a good football player, but a very good person, and this is, some, is, this is disappointing to see for Jimmy Smith. Okay, so moving on to the next story. Uh, I mentioned Ronnie Stanley gives the Ravens an injury scare in Indianapolis. Um, it happened on a point after try, after the Joe Flacco to John Brown touchdown. Ronnie Stanley was on the field for the point after, um, as the left tackle, obviously, along the offensive line, and he kind of hobbled off the field after, after off the field afterward. It was very apparent that he was injured in some capacity. Uh, he walked with trainers into the locker room. Um, gave everybody a scare watching it because Ronnie Stanley is one of the better tackles in the league. Uh, very underrated player right now, but in a few years he'll be one of the um, ones mentioned, you know, as, as the best tackles in the league with Taylor Luan and others. But the Ravens can't afford um, much of uh, a disturbance along the offensive line. It's not their deepest position in talent although tackle they do have a few tackles that could fill the role pretty well of Ronnie Stanley I would say but it would not be the ideal situation for the Ravens to have so um, he stayed out the entire game um, when asked in the postgame press conference John Harbaugh stated that the doctors told him that Ronnie Stanley suffered a strained knee against the Colts and it didn't look that serious so although the, Ronnie Stanley did scare the entire uh Baltimore Ravens fandom uh, with that injury. He should be okay moving forward. Um, that's very great news for the Ravens. Um, you know, not only that Ronnie Stanley isn't injured, but, you know, the entire offensive line is relatively healthy. You have Marshall Yonda coming back uh, from a fractured ankle last year. Ronnie Stanley is going to be healthy. Um, but even if he wasn't healthy, the Ravens would still have uh, backup plans. I mentioned that they do have some good tackles. Uh, the Ravens re-signed James Hurst, who can play either inside or outside, you know, guard or tackle. Um, he's not the best offensive lineman in the world, but he's very versatile and, and is pretty consistent and can at least hold his own in these positions. And then, of course, you have Orlando Brown, who may start um, along the right tackle slot. It looks like he probably will start, in my opinion, at this point. Orlando Brown, of course, is the third-round rookie out of Oklahoma. Now, Orlando Brown, um, I've talked about him before on the podcast. I talk about him all the time on Twitter, on the blog. He's a beast. Uh, he really is. If you watch his college tape, you can really understand um, what type of player he is. He just pounds through people. He shoves them to the ground. It's very entertaining to watch. Um, he only fell to the third round because of a bad um, NFL combine performance where he put up something like 16 bench presses, which is like a very very low number for any um you know lineman player offense or defense um it, it seemed like just a bad day he improved at his pro day uh, much better performance there and i'm a strong believer in the tape over um measurables and you know combine performances so i think um that orlando brown jr his uh combine uh un unrightfully um, hindered him in that situation. But the Ravens honestly got a steal in the third round because he should have been a first-round player, um, and he should never have slipped that down that far, and the Ravens just got a complete steal. He may start this year, and he'll be a stud moving forward for the Ravens. Um, so, yeah, 
that's the situation with Ronnie Stanley. It could have been a lot worse. Uh, we're happy that he is not injured um, in a serious manner, and we hope he gets well soon and returns to the practice field very quickly. Now, moving on to that preseason game, the Ravens um, defeated the Colts in Indianapolis on Monday night, 20-19. to It came down to the wire. Um, it was a somewhat entertaining game, although there were some mistakes on both sides of the ball that were just somewhat laughable, I would say. And, and, you know, a lot of these, you know, rookies and inexperienced players are making mistakes. It's, it's, it's going to happen, but we do need to see some improved play from some of these Ravens who we'll talk about in a second. I want to start out with the starting offense. Uh, the very first play of the game, uh, was a deep shot to John Brown. That was very close to being completed. Uh, Joe Flacco sat back in the pocket and just chucked it deep to John Brown. The Ravens have done this a few times with Marty Mornweg at the offensive coordinator helm. He likes to call out um, big plays to begin, you know, the game or the half or something um, to show, you know, the Ravens' tempo and what they want to do. Uh, it was very close to being completed, but at the last second, a Colts defensive back knocked it away before John Brown could have caught it. Um, look, the Ravens' starting offense looked pretty solid. Um, they did go three and out on the first drive. Um, I would say that's more to do with the running game. They ran the ball and then on the, on third and one, they run the ball again. Um, hands it off to Javorius Allen, but Buck Allen fumbles the ball in the handoff. It was kind of a bad exchange between Flacco and Allen and, uh, the Ravens recover, but no yards are gained and they have to punt away. Then the Ravens come back out second drive, uh, backed up really deep in their own ends, not in their end zone, but they're in their own red zone. Um, they get to about midfield before Flacco is sacked and that stops the drive there. Punted away. The Ravens then come back on their third offensive drive. They put together a scoring drive. Uh, Joe Flacco tosses a beautiful, and I mean, it's just perfect pass to John Brown in the back of the end zone. It could not have been any better of a pitch and catch for the two, um, who really look like they're going to have a lot of chemistry this season. Um, John Brown he, he goes up, gets the ball, and then drags his feet in the back of the end zone to make sure he catch, catches it in the back, and it's good for a touchdown. Um, Willie Sneed also caught a ball. He, that was his first catch of the preseason, I believe. Then you also have um, Michael Crabtree, who caught a real nice ball towards the near sideline um, for the Ravens. Joe Flacco just chucked it over to Michael Crabtree. I think it was about a 25- or 30-yard gain. Real outstanding play by Crabtree, toe tapper on the sideline, and you could definitely tell that the Ravens' um, offense is severely improved from last season. Um, there's no question about it; the passing game looks spectacular. Although, you know, the Ravens did stall out in that three and out in the first one. I wouldn't say that's really Joe Flacco's fault. It was just a bad exchange on third and eleven. They probably would have got the first down without that. They go to the midfield from backed up way in their own red zone, but the sack on Joe Flacco. Um, takes takes down the Ravens. I think that was a third and seven situation. But overall, very nice uh, performance. Um, you look at um, the starting offense, and you would have probably noticed that Alex Collins did not play at all. Uh, when asked about that, John Harbaugh basically said that, or I don't remember if it was John Harbaugh, but the indication given by the Ravens was specifically that they wanted to hold Collins back just for you know safety precaution. You know, no real reason to give him a lot, whole lot of touches. He's the undisputed starter. He's already going to do well. Uh, you're really trying to see how the other positions, uh, other guys unfold, especially Kenneth Dixon. Um, 
and Gus Edwards. Now, Kenneth Dixon played with the starting offense for a little bit, did well. Um, he did very well with the um, second-string offense as well, and Lamar Jackson, and we'll get into him in depth in a few minutes. Uh, I want to talk about the Ravens' starting defense first. Um, overall, solid performance by the Ravens' starting defense. Um, I believe they held the Colts to just three points um, in their whole few series. And the field goal was an outstanding field goal. I have to give it to Adam Vinatieri. Uh, he's 45 now, and he had a 57-yard field goal. A perfect uh, hit. And I think it had some more leg that could have really got, you know, a longer field goal out of it. So, really outstanding kick there. You, you can't really pin that on the defense. But the defense did well. Um, Terrell Suggs came up with the sacks. So that was nice to see Suggs get in there and, and you know, get some statistics. You know, he's definitely going to be a uh, impressive player again this year. No question about it. Um, overall, solid performance. Marlon Humphrey looks pretty good out there. He, he got some... Um, Nice coverages. Brandon Carr looks pretty well good. But Tavon Young really stood out as well. Um, Tavon Young, he comes out and he def defends a pass uh, early on. I think it was third down. He bats it down, prevents the uh, receiver from getting it. Outstanding play by Tavon Young, who's really looking to have a uh, bounce-back year after missing all of last year. Um, the one person I was somewhat disappointed with a little bit was C.J. Mosley. He missed on a few coverages allowed the tight ends to go over the middle on him, but at the end um, of the run there, he was able to uh, bat down a pass and kind of redeem himself in that sense. So hopefully he um, improves on that. And then the best play by the Ravens starting defense by far was uh, Anthony Levine picking off um, Andrew Luck. So um, Tim White fumbled on one of the, uh, I think it was a punt return that the Colts gave him. Yes, it was a punt return. He fumbles the ball. Um, he did not call a fair catch when he should have. Or I, actually, I don't know if you can still call a fair uh, if you can still call a fair catch in that situation because uh, he gets flagged in a similar instance later. But um, yeah, so they pick it up basically at the 25 yard line, start driving. It looked like they were driving down the field, and then um, and Andrew Luck uh, throws a pass towards the sideline. And uh, it's a little bit inaccurate, but Anthony Levine tips it up. Um, I think it was with his right hand, and then he goes and grabs it with both hands and tries to return it for a little bit. doesn't get very far, but the interception prevents the Colts from scoring. A very, very important play by Anthony Levine. Um, spectacular play. Uh, he still has it. He's been with the Ravens for a little while now. Um, he's still got it. He's going to be a depth player, and of course he could help along um, the lines of Jimmy Smith's absence as well, if the Ravens do see him in that um, capacity, but he's more of a safety than he is um, cornerback. So overall, a uh, very nice performance from the Ravens starters, but the um, backups were very, very shaky. Um, so I want to talk about first uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, now, I'm no way a Lamar Jackson hater. Uh, the pick for Lamar Jackson, although I was indifferent at first and wasn't really a fan of it, I do think it's smart to go after a quarterback that you think you can develop while you still have your franchise quarterback for a few years. Um, and, and just to mention Joe Flacco, because I didn't actually mention his statistics, 7 for 9, 72 yards, 1 touchdown. That's pretty impressive for Joe Flacco uh, against the starting defense, even in the preseason. I think that's a pretty good um, statistical line there. Very nice performance by the franchise quarterback. But again, to Lamar Jackson... Um, 
he's here just to develop. And one of the commentators made a comment that someone said that he's a year away from being a year away. And that was on full display Monday night. Again, another game where he fails to go over 50% completions. Um, not a good situation. He went 7 for 15 for 49 yards and just one touchdown. A lot of his passes, and I mean a lot of his passes, were wobbly. They were off target. Um, his first pass to Janarian Grant, who was wide open in all honesty, way short. Grant tried to dive for it back towards Jackson. It would have been like a 15-yard pass, too. But Grant just couldn't get to it. it. It was way out of his reach. And then Lamar Jackson's second pass, he goes up towards Willie Sneed, and it was way over Sneed's head. He tried to reach up with his hands. He could not grab it. Uh, very, very wobbly uh, performance from Lamar Jackson. Most of Lamar Jackson's completions came out of checkdowns and short passes. That's what he does best. We know that already. Uh, he ran the ball a little bit too. Now, uh, when he did run the ball, uh, he had a couple good runs, but he had one really terrible one that was just, uh, well, two really terrible runs. One doesn't count as a run, though, and I'll get to that one in a second. But the one terrible, awful, no good, rotten run by Lamar Jackson he goes towards the far sideline. Um, he gets past the line of scrimmage, and he dives headfirst into two defenders. Headfirst, like it's he wasn't even close to the. It's like he wasn't going for a first down or a touchdown. He was about five or six yards away from a first down. So I don't really understand that situation there. Why you would dive headfirst? Um, I think RG three, you know, probably talked to him on the sideline, saying, "Look, buddy, I tried that kind of stuff. It didn't work out for me. You got to be careful there." He goes headfirst. Gets smashed by the two defenders and drops the ball on his way down. Uh, upon further review, they did say that Lamar Jackson was down. His forearm was down on the ground while he had possession. So they called the fumble back and gave it back to the Ravens. But still, unacceptable play for Lamar Jackson. And he should know better. Um, look, he's this is his third preseason game. He, he's got to improve. And he still hasn't hit that 50% completion mark um, that I said a few weeks ago that he's got to hit probably by the third or fourth game he hasn't hit it and most of his completions come from little checkdowns to running backs and then you know quick passes to tight ends the one really good pass he did have was to chris moore in the back of the end zone near the corner the far corner um he scrambled out on a play around the 20 yard line or something like, like that maybe it was a 15 i don't remember exactly and he hits chris moore for the touchdown um phenomenal play by the rookie to Chris Moore, who's really developing into a solid wide receiver. But other than that, not a super great day for Lamar Jackson. Um, he's really got to improve. And we're going to talk about the quarterback situation in a little while. But I do want to talk about Lamar Jack. Uh, I'm sorry, Robert Griffin III individually as well. Uh, Robert Griffin III, another solid performance for him. Uh, six for eight, 31 yards. He had a tremendous pass to Jordan Lasley that would have went for like 35 yards and a touchdown easily it was perfect right into the hands of Jordan Lasley and Jordan Lasley drops the ball it would have been a perfect touchdown near the end of the game it, it was just inexplicable because it was literally in his hands there's no excuse for dropping it and he dropped it and this is coming for a from a receiver who has been touted by the Ravens as, as impressing them early in camp he's kind of fell off a little bit so very difficult to watch there when a receiver who's supposed to have a whole lot of promise drops a wide open touchdown pass perfectly placed by Robert Griffin III. Um, again, 6 for 8, uh, 31 yards. Could have been 7 for 8, like 60-some yards and a touchdown. It wasn't because of the drop. Overall, very solid performance by RG3. He looked very comfortable out there, commanded the field well. 
Um, he rushed once for four yards. Oh, just overall a solid performance from Robert Griffin III. Um, again, uh, Alex Collins did not play this game. I do want to talk about the running backs. So we're going to skip on over to them now. Alex Collins did not play. That gave Kenneth Dixon, Javorius Allen, and Gus Edwards, and Mark Thompson uh, a fair decent amount of time to compete for their jobs. Now, Javorius Allen, uh, Buck Allen out of USC a few years ago, was really good his rookie season in 2015 when Justin Forsett got hurt. 2016, he kind of fell off. The Ravens didn't really use him very much. 2017, he came back. was just, was a um, great player to for a one-two punch with Alex Collins. He's not going to lose his job. He's going to keep that second-string job. Um, I really like the one-two punch of Collins and Allen. Uh, 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 Collins is like you're all down back. He can do a lot of things. He can power through guys, and he's fast. And then um, Buck Allen... He's going to come out. He can get you in short yard situations, and he's very good uh, in the receiving um, end of it as well. He caught uh, two passes in this game against the Colts for 11 yards as well. So you have um, Buck Allen. Um, he's going to make the roster as a second-string running back. It really starts to get weird around the third-string running back. You have Kenneth Dixon, who should have been a lock heading into this, um, but recent injuries... Uh, and a suspension last year. He hasn't played a full year for the Ravens, now going into his third year. I mean, two years, yeah, you get injured in training camp your first year. Second year, you get a torn meniscus, I believe it was. They kept him out the entire year, and a suspension on top of that. Not too good there. But he had a solid night. Six attempts for 32 yards. His longest run was 12. Uh, he really powered through some guys, made people miss, found open lanes. Uh, was a solid, solid running back. Also caught three passes for 24 yards. Um, very good performer on the night. But he did not lead the team in rushing. Uh, Gus Edwards led the team in rushing, but he has substantially uh, more. He has substantially more carries than Kenneth Dixon had. Gus Edwards, um, 15 attempts, 43 yards. Longest run was 10 yards. So not the greatest average there for Gus Edwards. When you compare the two. Um, when you compare Kenneth Dixon with Edwards, Dixon averaged about 5.3 yards per carry, while Gus Edwards averaged about 2.9 yards per carry. So not the best statistic there for Gus Edwards, but he did show that he can continue to fight for extra yards and make um, some nice power moves. And that's why I think Gus Edwards' main uh, great attribute is for him. It's he's a power back. He's something the Ravens really don't have right now. Yes, Alex Collins can plow through people, but do you really want Alex Collins being the guy who's going to go in there on third and one or fourth and one and try to plow through people and risk getting hurt? Not really. So Gus Edwards might be that guy because Kenneth Dixon is very similar to Buck Allen as well, but Kenneth Dixon's a bit more shifty and elusive, I would say. Um, but Buck Allen uh, won't lose that job to Kenneth Dixon or anybody else. You also have Mark Thompson. Who did fairly well. He rushed two times for 15 yards. 12-yard uh, rush was a really nice, his best play of uh, the night and perhaps the preseason. Um, he also caught a pass for about one yard. So, overall, solid night for him. Moving on into the wide receivers, I do want to talk about Jordan Lasley and Jaleel Scott, the pair of rookie wide receivers drafted in the uh, fourth and fifth round, respectively. Uh, Jaleel Scott, fourth round. Jordan Lasley, fifth. Not a good night for either. Um, Jordan Lasley, of course, dropped that pass I talked about earlier from RG3, which was a 
on the money dime right before the end zone. He had plenty of space to run for a touchdown. Couldn't haul it in. He ends up with just one reception for six yards on the night. And then Jaleel Scott. I think this was actually the other RG3 incompletion. Um, he he has a pass to him over the middle. Um, uh, I think it was third and ten. He would have gotten about five yards on the play. Maybe if he could have run for some more, some more, uh, some more yards to set him up with a better punting situation. But he drops the ball. He just drops the ball, and it, it, it was frustrating to watch because these are two receivers who are supposed to be doing well for the Ravens and they could develop that just aren't hitting anything. I don't know if Julio Scott will make the roster. I think Jordan Lazzi still will. We're going to talk about that later on as well. But it's still going to be an uphill battle for for both of them. Um, if both end up making the roster because the Ravens don't like to cut draft picks, uh, I don't know what kind of role they'll have. Maybe they stash one on the IR um, if there's a minor injury. We'll see how that works and plays out. And you also have... Um, Two former undrafted players, Tim White, um, who made the roster last year but was placed on the IR, and Janarian Grant, undrafted rookie out of Rutgers this year. Um, both of them had their own issues. Um, look, Tim White, uh, I don't believe he caught a pa- He did not catch a pass. Uh, Janarian Grant caught two passes for 11 yards, but the main issue comes on the kick returns. Um, Tim White messed up with a fumble and then a flag. Uh, Janarian Grant looked pretty sharp in his returns he's very elusive very shifty I watched him all throughout college most of his career very very good returner I've seen him play a lot and he can he looks even better than sometimes than he was at Rutgers um in these preseason games but he had a had a um a fumble after a nice return on the near sideline for I think it was like 15 yard return on a punt that would have set him up at like the 40 yard line and he fumbles the ball right into the hands of the punter um and you can't do that. You you just can't allow. Neither of these players can allow these mistakes. The Ravens need a consistently good uh, returner. And if neither of these players are going to be able to do it, they might have to turn to someone like Lasley or um, Willie Sneed, perhaps, because he's gotten in on some plays as well. Uh, do I think that one of these players will make the team? Yes. We'll get into that a little in a little bit in, in depth. Um, who? I don't know yet, but... The Ravens will want one of these players to be their kick returners, but overall they need to increase uh, the level of play. Now I want to talk about Stanley Jean-Baptiste. Stanley Jean-Baptiste looked pretty darn good against the Colts, I have to say. Uh, He's not an undrafted rookie like a lot of players on the roster are. He was in the NFL for a couple seasons. He's 28 now, so he's he's been around a while. Uh, Kind of a long shot to make the roster originally, but his play has looked pretty well in the preseason, not just this game, but some other games as well. He looked pretty darn good out there. I think even with the Jimmy Smith Smith suspension now, uh, he's got an increased chance of making the roster. Uh, We'll have to see how how that unfolds. But he had an interception, I believe. He had a pass deflection and a few tackles. So overall, really nice night for Stanley Jean-Baptiste. Um, you know who else had a nice night? It was Anthony Averett. Uh, very quiet throughout the game. Um, quietly good because he wasn't, you know, burned or anything. He made some nice tackles. Um, but he really came to life. There was this one drive where the Colts were, like, in the red zone. And they ended up going for it on fourth down, but they, they don't get it. Uh, first down play, Averett stuffs the run outside. Second down play, Averett on the coverage. Uh, incompletion. Third down play, Averett 
bats the ball out of the air. And then fourth down play, Deshaun Elliott comes in and uh, make makes a play at safety, bats bats it down. Um, again, great night for Averett. He's really looking like he'll he'll turn into something good. And then of course he's got that chemistry already with Marlon Humphrey, having played with him at Alabama. Um, Deshaun Elliott, the safety, they drafted out of Texas this year. It looked pretty good. Not only did he have that pass deflection, he had two tackles. He had what looked like a fumble recovery for a major return. Uh, he wasn't even really that close to where the fumble was, but he comes swooping in to grab it and run the opposite way for at least 20, 20 25 yards. Uh, they ended up calling it back, um, claiming that the receiver didn't have full possession of the ball when he fumbled. Uh, it didn't look like he really had full possession, but the awareness that Deshaun Elliott had just to be just to see that just rush to it immediately um, and then pick it up and run. Um, very good play by Elliott. He looks like he'll develop into a good safety. Obviously, we're not going to have Eric Weddle around forever. He's getting older. But he and Chuck Clark will be um, eventually a duo, it seems, maybe. Or one of them will take the um, Eric Weddle role uh, moving forward, maybe in a couple seasons. Who knows? But the development of Deshaun Elliott will be crucial, and I think that he's off to a good start, especially with some of the plays he made Monday night. Now I want to talk about Darius Williams. Uh, a player who I'm not super fond of, Darius Williams ha has been a um, a disappointment for the Ravens in any sense, in every sense. Um, I believe he's an undrafted rookie. Um, he 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 came out. I'm sorry. He yes, he's an undrafted rookie. Um, he's five nine, one eighty seven, out of Alabama, Birmingham. He's twenty five years old. He gets burned on basically every play that's tossed up to him. He got burned in the end zone early on, and then he got burned in the end zone for the last Colts touchdown. Uh, luckily, the Ravens prevent the two-point conversion. Um, Zach Seiler and some others um, wrap him up. But he gets burned too much. I don't think he has any chance of making the roster. He'll be one of the first cuts to go, unfortunately for him. he you know If he really wants to make the roster, he's got to get out there and, and, and put some work in and really do some really nice things and he gets some flags as well too which is not good at all for the Ravens Tim Williams last year's third round pick and Zedaria Smith from a few years ago uh, 2015 Zedaria Smith really stood out but you know kind of didn't do super well in 2016 2017 kind of came back and made some plays now entering his fourth year with the Ravens uh, they've continued both of these players to impress throughout the entire preseason both of them had had very good preseason performances, and Monday night was no exception to that rule. Um, you look at Zadarius Smith, and um, he had a couple tackles and a sack. Um, very, very great performance by uh, Zadarius Smith. And then Tim Williams comes in. Um, Tim Williams had five tackles and a sack. Um, very, very nice performance from him. These two players... Uh, the Ravens want to see develop, uh, especially with Terrell Suggs getting older. You want someone who will be able to go along the side of Matt Judon in a few years, or you know, could even be next year, depending on when Suggs decides to retire. Tim Williams and um, Zadarius Smith are prime candidates for it, um, and they both played pretty pretty well last uh, Monday night, and they've played well throughout this preseason. I do believe they'll carry that performance for the times they get on the field this coming year. Uh, Michael Pierce had a really nice forced fumble play. Uh, the problem with that play was that the forced fumble landed in the hands 
of um, one of the um, Colts receivers in the end zone. So um, that led to a Colts touchdown, but it looked like it was going to be a goal line um, stand there for the Ravens. They were not able to pull that off as Michael Pierce's um, Michael Pierce's forced fumble ends up back in Colts hands for a touchdown. But the fumble, the forced fumble itself, was very um, a very nice play by Michael Pierce. He's a very strong player. Um, I think it was 2016 he was um, found by the Ravens, I think undrafted. Um, and he's just a very strong player, very big arms. He's, he's going to push the ball out, going to make great tackles, and uh, he's done it for a couple years now, and I think he's going to have an increased role this year. Um, and Zach Seiler, the Ravens' uh, last pick in the draft this year, looks very strong as well. He made a goal line stand on uh, a two-point conversion that they ultimately gave the Ravens the win. Um, Siler, he looks very promising for Ozzie Newsom's last pick. We'll see how his career um, turns out. I think he'll make the roster, of course. But he's got a lot of potential, and the Ravens are very, very um, interested in seeing his potential play out. Okay, so with all these preseason games, we're three and two, two away from the uh, end of it. The Ravens, Ozzie Newsom, big roster decisions facing them. Um, you got 90 players on the roster right now. You can only keep uh, 53 in the end of it. So, what on earth are the Ravens going to do? Well, there are some major questions that they're going to have to figure out and, and develop answers for. The first of those questions are, do you keep three quarterbacks? Um, look, Lamar Jackson is supposed to be the future of the Ravens, but right now, he's nowhere near the present of the Ravens. So, Joe Flacco, obviously the starter. Lamar Jackson looks not good, to say the least, against the, his preseason opponents. And these aren't even NFL starters. RG3 comes in. RG3 is a steady hand. So, the question now becomes, does RG3 get a role on this Ravens roster um, come September? Um, I'm not going to make my official predictions for the entire Ravens roster until... Uh, the end of the preseason, I do it once a year at that point. But going on the trends we have right now, I think that is very, very possible, if not very likely, that the Ravens elect to keep three quarterbacks on the roster. I just don't think that Lamar Jackson is anywhere near um, what he has to be to 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 be the backup quarterback. If, if Joe Flacco gets hurt and Lamar Jackson plays like this, they're not going to win any games. The Ravens need to win this year. I don't think Joe Flacco would get hurt long-term um, unless he tears his ACL again, which would be terrible for the Ravens, especially with how amazing he looks this this offseason. But you have to wonder, you know, if he gets hurt in any capacity, is it a game, is it two games, could it be half the season, does Lamar Jackson give you a chance to make the playoffs? The Ravens haven't made the playoffs in three years. It's a crucial year for the Ravens. John Harbaugh needs to win. I don't think he does. I don't think he helps you. I don't know how many games you can win with Lamar Jackson. If he starts the entire season, I think you maybe win three or four games, but that's about it. Robert Griffin III, on the other hand, is a major steady hand. He looks a lot healthier than he was in the past, um, although he could get injured at any moment, really. Um, a lot of players you know, have this injury bug, but he's a lot calmer. He sits in the pocket. He throws. He's taken hits that haven't hurt him uh, long run. I think Robert Griffin III would be the better backup quarterback, especially for a crucial year like 2018. So Lamar Jackson might have to be sidelined this year. Look, you want to see Lamar Jackson be the successful future of the franchise, but right now he's not looking ready enough to play 
So they're going to have to keep him on the bench unless some something happens in these next two games. But I do think it would be smart of the Ravens to keep three quarterbacks. Because the problem with doing that is it limits what you've got in other positions. So another situation I want to look at is the defensive line um, situation. The, the Ravens have unheard of, frankly, depth at the, at the defensive line position. You have uh, at, at defensive end Brent Urban, Chris Wormley, Bronson Kafusi, and defensive tackles. Brandon Williams, Zach Seiler, Michael Pierce, Willie Henry, Carl Davis, and of course Patrick Ricard, who is also the starting fullback. Um, the Ravens, I don't know how they can justify keeping all these players, in all honesty. I think most of the defensive ends are safe, but there is a potential trade looming with defensive tackles. I think that Willie Henry or Carl Davis are prime candidates to be traded away. I think there would be a lot of interest in them from certain teams out there that need that defensive line help. Um... A lot of teams don't have, I would say most teams don't have anything near what the Ravens have in defensive tackles. So Willie Henry and Carl Davis both are very good defensive tackles, but might be the third or fourth stringers on this Ravens team. They could start somewhere else. So there's going to be a high market value for them potentially. And the Ravens might see this is an opportunity to, to gain maybe a draft pick and keep three quarterbacks. So I think there's a very high probability that some of these players uh, get traded specifically Willie Henry or Carl Davis would be the um, the trade tr- um, the trade bait for other teams. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Michael Pierce would get traded, but I don't think they would want to um, to to lose him. I think he's the, one of the better defensive tackles. He and Brandon Williams, Zach Seiler's got a lot of upside moving forward. Uh, they don't want to trade away a seventh round pick that you know the last Ozzie Newsom pick just right away. I think he's got a lot of potential, and the Ravens see it. And of course, Patrick Ricard. You can't replace him at fullback, honestly. He's he's a very good fullback. The Ravens love their fullbacks, and you know, causing mayhem at the fullback position would be a bad move for the offense overall. So watch out for Willie Henry and Carl Davis to pop up in trade rumors coming shortly. I want to talk about the running back situation as well. Uh, I mentioned earlier that Alex Collins and Javorius Allen are both locks for the team, um, the roster at the running back position, but we do have an issue uh, evolving uh, between Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon, look, both of these players are pretty darn good. I don't know if the Ravens would want to keep four running back. It's, that seems excessive, and they might not have the room for it with three quarterbacks if they elect to do that. What do the Ravens do? I mean, Kenneth Dixon has been unreliable for the Ravens, but at the same time, he, I mean, Kenneth Dixon has shown this past game that when he is on the field, he is electric. And there's no question about it, but Gus Edwards, on the other hand, doesn't have a lot of doesn't have much of an injury history, if any. Uh, again, uh, I saw him a lot in college. Uh, he didn't get injured very often. I don't remember him missing a game ever. So Gus Edwards would be a pretty solid uh, guy, and he, he really is that, you know, um, up the middle, one or two yard gain uh, kind of running backs that you need, the power running backs, whereas the Ravens really don't have that. Maybe they can use uh, Patrick Ricard as a fullback for it, but they're not going to put Alex Collins up there in a crucial situation every single time because you don't want him to get hurt. And, of course, Alex Collins has a fumble history, but that's pretty much um, in the back mirror now. He hasn't fumbled uh, very you know, regularly for a while with the Ravens now. But, you know, I don't know which way this is going to go. I think the Ravens could keep four running backs if they really wanted to, if they really saw that Gus Edwards... Um, or they really thought that Gus Edwards would give them a tremendous upside and they were wary of Kenneth Dixon moving forward, or maybe they cut Gus Edwards and hope he lands on the practice squad. 
Um, but I don't know if he will. I think he, he like Taekwon Mazel last year, would get scooped up by somebody else. Kenneth Dixon, you got to wonder how much he's going to be on the field. And, of course, that suspension, too, last year, if he gets suspended again. All these things you have to weigh in your mind, and the Ravens are going to have a tough decision to make here because both of these running backs have been consistently um, making plays and producing um, solid yards for the Ravens' offense. Um, it's way too early to tell. Uh, I can't make this prediction now or really give a trend. I think it's straight down the middle right now. I mean, if I did give anybody the upper hand, I would say it's Kent Dixon for now just because he's been with the Ravens for a little while. Uh, the Ravens did draft him, so they like him. Um, but I think Gus Edwards has a good chance of potentially upsetting Kenneth Dixon and, and uh, seizing that, that starting spot. I'm sorry, that, that roster spot. Um, I want to talk about the wide receivers. I mentioned that I would talk about them as well. You have the top four wide receivers. Um, no one's going to budge along these lines. It's Crabtree, Brown, and Sneed. Top three, and then Moore, top four. Moore is really becoming a nice receiving option for Flacco. He really likes him. He, uh, along with Rashad Perryman, are the only. Uh, well, Tim White, too, but Tim White didn't play last year. Are the only receivers on this roster currently that played with Flacco before. Um, you got the bottom two receivers. The Ravens like to keep six receivers. It's up for grabs, those positions. The Ravens could elect to keep seven receivers, but that is somewhat of an irregular um, scenario. You have Jordan Lasley, Julio Scott, Janarian Grant, Tim White, and Brashad Perryman all competing for those last two, maybe three spots. Of course, if they keep three quarterbacks, it's going to be tough for them to keep seven wide receivers. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But there is potential There is potential in, in uh, a three additional three wide receivers to make the roster um look a lot of these players have upsides and downsides jordan lasley the ravens really like what he brings to the table moving forward they think they can develop him chileo scott in college had a history of making big plays in the, in the red zone something the ravens missed tremendously last year janarian grant is an electric kick returner who at Rutgers did very well as a, as a wide receiver as well tim white last year looked amazing in the preseason he's took a step back this year um, with that thumb injury in 2017, but the Ravens still have confidence that he could potentially develop into a solid wide receiver. And Brashad Perryman has that elite speed, you know, that not a lot of receivers have. It's that the problem is his hands. He hasn't dropped a whole lot of passes in the past couple of games. So I'll give him that. Um, but he hasn't played a lot with the second stringers. He's been mainly a third string wide receiver in this. Uh, Brashad Perryman, he had his chance to make to make. Um, use of himself for the past three years he hasn't been able to do it this will be his last season with the Ravens um, unless they sign him to a new deal they did not uh, pick up his rookie fifth year option um, so that'll have to wait so again the Ravens will only likely keep two of these guys three at the most um, I think I, there are some trends we can kind of get a feel of what they want Jaleel Scott is disappointed tremendously um, I haven't seen him do anything in camp I went to camp a couple weeks ago Dropped a few balls. Uh, um, another disappointment has been Tim White. We thought he'd be kind of better than he is now. Um, you also have Brashad Perryman, who's not completely disappointment based on what he was going into this, but he's not super great. I think Jordan Lasley and Janarian Grant are giving them the most upside currently at this exact moment. Um, Lasley can transform, and then Grant Grant has some speed to him as well but is also a very solid returner. They do need to figure out that return situation. Um, it's going to come down to the last two games here. 
Um, I know the Ravens don't like to waste a draft pick, but they had a lot this year, so I don't know if everybody's going to make it. They had like 12 or something picks this year. Jaleel Scott might not make the roster. He looked like he was going to be the better one, in my opinion, coming into this class than Jordan Lasley, but Jordan Lasley looked better in camp, but Lasley has dropped a few balls as well in preseason games. But he, it's tough, man. It's really tough. Maybe they put one of these guys, like Tim White. They could get Tim White um, on the practice squad, I believe, and Jaren Grant as well. But Grant might get picked up by somebody else. Um, White also. If they really think they can develop Julio Scott and Jordan Lasley, they could maybe get it. Um, Perryman also has a chance of making it. Uh, you know, he's consistent at least. You know what you're getting with him. He's got at least some talent that you know he's going to... He has caught some balls. To his credit, he's caught some balls this preseason. And you know what you get with him. So I think currently the scenario would be probably Lasley Grant, Perryman, maybe Scott. Pick out of those. Pick two or three out of those. Um, if it had to be just two... If I had to pick two guys out of the hat right now, probably Lasley and Grant. Perryman would be very close to the roster. We'll have to see how that pans out. Perryman's drops, obviously... Never give the Ravens a, a, an advantage. Always a disadvantage when that happens. But he does have that elite speed they like. And, of course, uh, he was first-round pick a few years ago. They don't want to have to waste that. If they feel like they can give him another chance and he might pull off with it, they'll probably do that. We're a little ways away from being able to determine that. So that's a position to watch wide receiver, especially those bottom guys, as the top four are, are really solid at this point. Defensive backs, um, look... The only one who really has a chance of making the roster that isn't is on the roster bubble is Jean Baptiste. Does he make the roster? Jimmy Smith is going absent for a little while. Um, I think it's possible. Um, he does make the roster. The Ravens might want to have some extra depth at the position, although they could move Anthony Levine from safety down to it because they do have Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott there as well. Keep Anthony Levine. Um, I guess it'll be between those two, Anthony Levine and, and uh, Stan, Stanley Jean Baptiste. Um, both have played pretty well, but um, Jimmy Smith's absence really um, hurts the defensive core, a defensive back core, and they're going to need someone to at least temporarily replace him for those four games. Okay, so that'll conclude the Ravens Nest Talk podcast today. Uh, you can find me at Chris Linfon on Twitter. You can find Nest Talk at Nest Talk on Twitter. Um, you can find the blog Baltimore Feather at Bmore Feather on Twitter. You can like Nest Talk or Baltimore Feather. On Facebook, just search up Nest Talk or Baltimore Feather. Uh, I'm Chris Linfont, signing out.